to our ears. It's been a real uh, blessing. Um, it's, it's songs that uh, cause you to reflect and think very carefully about what the Lord wants to say to each one of our hearts. There's a bomb in Gilead. This morning, of course, as we come together, I'm taking a very familiar passage of scripture. And with this passage of scripture, um, I want to expand on it. You, many of you know it by heart. I would like to take you a little bit deeper to what needs to be said. We're looking at uh, our theme for, or the topic for this morning is David, a sheep's testimony. David, a sheep's testimony. Father, as we pause this morning, just pray, thank you for our time together. Thank you for the insights that you have given. Thank you, Lord, for some basic principles that a lot of times we overlook. This is the reason that many um, relationships fall apart. Lead and guide us now and not Don Racket, but may you be glorified. Whatever is good is because you are good. We thank you in Jesus' name and all the saints said, amen. Well, as we uh, go into our text for uh, this morning, we're looking at David, and here's, here's what it says. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in a path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shallow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with all my cup runneth over. Flows over, rather. King James kind of kicked in there. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How many times you've heard that? Sometimes you hear uh, doing funerals, uh, you know, and that's, I, I understand that. Personally, I think that's, uh, it's not the best place to do it. But we go on with, as David wraps it up, let's go back to that, uh, yea, do I walk, go back there. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with all a couple of those. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And, you, and this is David's testimony. Now we want to take this whole thing apart. Almost like dismantling a car. Okay. And there are some concepts that we need to know. Uh, in this whole area, okay. Uh, go to the next slide there, okay. We must realize who and whose we are as followers of Christ. We have many names and functions. 
as soldiers to fight the good fight against the world, the flesh, and the devil, as planters to plant spiritual seed, as evangelists to proclaim the good news, as witnesses to share and live a godly life, as a royal priesthood to pray for others, friends, strangers, and foes, okay? As athletes to run the good race in living for Christ, as pilgrim sojourners, eternal beings living in a foreign land, as Christians whose identity is in Christ, as sojourn heirs with Christ, as sons and daughters of God. There's really about 48 things that are said about us uh, when it comes down to being in God's family. So you know, so you know you have a position, okay? Uh, and I think that's that's important. Consider this. And I, if we, then I haven't gotten to the message, I'm not a rush to get to the message, but I want you to get some thoughts. Here. I want I want this to really sink in. Knowledge comes before love. Now that's why I, I li listen carefully. Knowledge comes before love. You don't love and get knowledge. Knowledge comes before love. What did I just say? The more we mature in Christ, the greater our love and devotion will affect our lifestyle. The more you know, the more you grow. Israel's significant flaw was a lack of what? Knowledge. Um, I picked up this, this scripture that I already have done my PowerPoint, but I wanted to inject this um, just for your uh, hearing. Uh, it's in uh, Proverbs, the 18th chapter. Um, and as we uh, look at this, uh, Proverbs, the 18th chapter, um, it says, the heart of the prudent acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seek knowledge. Uh, one passage of scripture says, uh, the heart of an intelligent person seeks knowledge. Before you do anything, you want to know how it's done. I want you to, I want you to do this on this particular job. Okay, but how do you do it? See, knowledge is so important because once you have the knowledge of it, then you have to begin to establish discernment and uh, understanding and discernment and then wisdom how to best do it. You see, because all of a sudden we know that knowledge, and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I've learned this through the fact of not um, a testimony of somebody else because I have knowledge for who he is. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of what? Knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten your God's law, I will also forget, he didn't say forget you. He said, I'll forget your children. You should see, well, here's, here's the, here's a, a whole important thing. And, we'll, and again, we'll, I promise you, we'll get to the, the psalm, but we have, to, have some backgrounds here. The whole idea is this, that when we have knowledge, and that becomes the key thing, look through scripture, all the time you're going to see that one word, knowledge, 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 the, 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 the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Knowledge. All through you're going to see knowledge. Why? Because if you have knowledge, 
Then it's required by the Deuteronomy that you to do this with your children, this with your children, and which you have knowledge that you have, you pass it on to your children. If your children don't have any knowledge, it's because you have not shared the knowledge, and because you have not shared the knowledge, your children suffer. But your expectations is that your children will love God and all these other things, but you won't expect them to the church. You won't expect them to Bible study. You won't do any of these things. And so when they go way out in left field, like a balloon that had been, a helium balloon that had been let loose, all of a sudden you're praying, God, bring them back. He said, but you let them loose. I think you get an idea of knowledge. I was uh, at Harlem uh, High School years ago. Uh, you know, Kira gave me so many different places. And um, there at Harlem High School, I was sitting in the principal's office until they were going to use me before the assembly. And um, in sitting there, um, I saw a sign on the wall that keeps resonating in my mind even to this day. It's called, repeat that to me, transferable concepts. When you have knowledge, when you really know what you know, people will come to you and even want to learn from you because you are good at transferring your concept and David's concept of God is based out of not some frivolous uh, words, but through knowledge. Get the idea? And so um, thinking it through, David shared his position of knowing and experiencing God's leading and guidance in his story. You see, each one of us is living our life and I don't know what your story is, but each one of us have our own story. Next. Let us observe and learn from David's experience. There are five points. First, his personal testimony. Then his prepared environment. First you have his testimony, and then from there you watch, how, see how God works. His prepared environment, his presence, his provision, we're talking about God now, his plan. Let's break it down. Now, first, his personal testimony. Psalm, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You see what, what, what that particular verb is? It's a personal, uh, uh, it's a verb that's personal. He personalized it. He didn't say the Lord is a shepherd. He didn't say the Lord is the shepherd. It won't affect you until you get to the point of saying the Lord is my shepherd. Then say the Lord is, is the shepherd of everyone here in this church. No, until you personalize it, you will not go any deeper in the Lord. You have to say, Lord, you are my shepherd. And when you recognize him as a shepherd, then, then the rest of the psalm began to really break it out. Focusing on the profile and, and the character of David. He was a faithful servant, a faithful son, a bold and courageous warrior, a gracious and sensitive king. Where do you think he learned all of that from? 
Where do you think he got that from? Playing songs in the fields and everything else. And here come a bear getting ready to take one of his sheep. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> and David fights the bear. Lion comes. He said, I even took the lion. And I slew the lion, grabbed him by his beard. Said, no, you're not going to mess with my sheep. Oh, but when, when, when it was all over, when the fight was all over, David just reinforced, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't care if it's a bear in my life, a lion in my life. I'm not going to let the outside mess up my inside. David made a clear statement of his core values. The Lord Jehovah is a present and perpetual state of being. The Lord is, when we look at the word is, I mean that, that not only is, is it right now, but he will be with us throughout all eternity. Day after day, after a while, the, the angel says time will be no more, but still God is. God is love. He cares for us. This my shepherd, a personal recognition, reception, and reliance on God and God alone. In order for David to say the Lord is my shepherd, he must view himself as a sheep. Now, here's a shepherd giving his testimony, which means he understands how a sheep operates. He understands the personality of a sheep. Sheep are dumb. Okay. Uh, sheep are uh, unsettled. Uh, sheep has a, a, a number. The, the best thing I can say about a, a sheep is one of the good things about sheep, when they recognize who their shepherd is, they won't listen to any other voice. And so he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I might be lax in this area and lax in this area, but one thing I do know, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not hear any other voice, what they say about God, how they try to convince me. No, no, because I have, my ears are geared only to the Lord. Shepherds always lead. Sheep must always follow. That's a, that's, a, that's a principle. So please don't tell God what to do. You're in a difficult situation. That's why he says, cast all your cares upon him without instruction what to do. Just cast all your cares upon him. Lord, I'm discouraged. I am I'm frustrated. I'm this. I'm that. The Lord says, just give it to me. I can handle it. I'm, I'm handling different languages over the whole world. Uh, individuals in a difficult situation far worse than yours. And I can handle yours at this moment and have a solution that will bless your soul. So all you have to do is recognize I'm the shepherd. I'll do it. You're the sheep. You follow me and obey me. So it says that man is to always pray. Our recognizing God does not affect who he is. It reveals our perception and reception level of thinking. Uh, this whole idea, when we, uh, you're going to hear me flash back and forth on this whole idea of knowledge. Uh, do you recognize that without knowledge, and this, David is saying, I have a knowledge of God. I have a knowledge of God. Do you know why marriages fall apart? Because they say, I love, but they don't even know their mate. So there's constant conflicts, there's a constant butting of heads, you know, because there is a lack of knowledge, lack of knowledge. Uh, I injected here because I had to, I was just reflecting back uh, to the number of years that uh, Karen and I have been together. 2015, I believe it was when she uh, had the uh, heart uh, challenge there. Um, 
And then uh, I knew that I had to uh, step up to the plate to do a number of things. And then I realized all that she went through. All of that at church, and all the things that she, uh, child evangelism. I mean, you would look at her schedule. I mean, just on and on and on. And Pastor Back is in his office, and he's doing this, and he's doing that, and, and he's counseling. And, and then all of a sudden, I began to gain knowledge. And in gaining knowledge, and the more I realized all that she had to do, and now I had to do it. There's not a moment that I complain because I look back at all of her faithfulness through the years. There's not a frown or complaint. And my way I position is, I got it from here. So when I tell my wife, I love you, it's from knowledge. When you say to the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There's nothing that would want, cause me to move outside of the will of God. He supplies everything in my life. Um, so, amen. I just put that say, shepherd's observation for the Lord to become your shepherd requires dying to your interests and recognizing and submitting to his sovereign rule. If you say the Lord is my shepherd, then you say I have just died to myself. If you, if you die to yourself, then don't get be hard-headed when he tells you to do something. So quit saying the Lord is my shepherd, then you disobey him, and the Lord says, and so the Lord has, here you are, the Lord has been whipping you for the past month, two months, and you say the Lord is my shepherd. Stop it. Remember, spiritual realm, physical realm. David's success was that he hung out with God. Whether it was in the field as a shepherd boy or as a king on the throne, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. Okay. His prepared environment, verse 2 and 3. Now he's going to talk about the Lord. So here's the reason why I feel that the Lord is my shepherd. And he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in a path of righteousness for his name's sake. We are observing the relational activities of he and me, the shepherd and the sheep. He makes me, you see, keep saying that, he restores my soul. He leads me. You see, you see the relationship here? It's when you have a smooth relationship like that, it brings a, a, a sense of confidence for the day. I don't know what type of day you have today or what you will have tomorrow, but it's the Lord your shepherd. Because it's going to affect how you see things, how you address things, how you speak to situations. He will give grace to your speaking, grace to how you observe things, and in a deeper perspective, it'll, so when you say the Lord is my shepherd, you're going to start seeing a change in you, because the shepherd will be supplying all that you need to be the sheep that follows him. Jesus Christ said, my sheep hear my voice, and what would they do? They 
follow me and I give it to them eternal life and they shall never perish. See, so the whole idea is that we follow him. He makes, he leads, he restores, he leads me. Now that's where you can put the personal now. Uh, not in front of all the other things, you know. Uh, but the whole idea is that I put the personal uh, a pronoun here, this pro pronoun here is me. That's what God is doing for me. Matter of fact, God's word says, God's word that says that um, God is at work in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. He's, he's the one. God is the active one. If there's anything good about you, it's not because you're good. It's because God is good. Yeah. Uh, number three, his presence. God is not an absentee father. He knows every challenge and the character builder in our life. He knows how much we can bear. He knows of our strength and weakness. He knows the path that we must take in the journey to our heavenly home, even through the shadow of death. And so when, it, when we talk about the whole idea of uh, um, I will fear no evil, or you will keep me in, the, in, in peace and keep my mind focused. I will declare your presence or you are with me. I will remember your tools of protection and guidance, your rod and your staff that uh, advise me. I will remember why they are present. On my journey, I will remember to relax in his capable hands. That was the verse that we talked about the Lord, that yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So the breakdown of this was, was it said, the reason I'm not going to fear any evil, because he keeps me in perfect peace. That's important for today. When you look at what's going on today, all of the challenges that we're confronted with today, when we see about, see this world in turmoil, saints, the Lord says, let not your heart be troubled. Why? Because that's happening to them. I got you. But Lord, I'm in a city where everything was flooded, even my house. Uh-huh. But I got you. Did you drown? No. Okay. Uh, you just wet? Yeah. Okay. Then, uh, and I can supply all, supply all your needs according to uh, my, your, my riches and glory? Yeah. Okay. Then don't, don't sweat. I got you. Every time there's something happening, just remember, God has me. I'm on a journey. He has me. And God has you. I don't care what type of pressure you're on. Don't become depressed over the pressure. Okay. Be delightful over the Lord providence, even in the midst of all of this. Amen. Number four, his provision. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs overflows. Proverbs 16, 7 says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. David declared the provision of the shepherd. The Lord tends to publicly bless us in the front of our enemies. I don't know whether you've seen that, whether you're on the job. And this, I don't, well, how did you get that raise? 
I don't understand how you could, how do you, you just seem like you're so blessed. And I did more than you. Favor isn't bad. You don't have to argue with them. Just favor is bad. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. But you got fired today. God is good all the time. All the time. You see, as I leave out this door, there's a door open for me that I have to find. So excuse me as I look for the door that's open for me. I'm not going to keep looking back at the door that's been closed. Oh, when he leaves you. In the presence of your enemies, your enemies will not understand how you can maintain your cool. And what a perfect opportunity to share. The Lord is my shepherd. And you speak it from a position of knowledge. See, and there's, there's a difference between um, head knowledge. And there's a lot of folks who have a lot of scholastical um, uh, prowess, and they, um, and I mean, they, they're good. They, they really know their stuff. But they are wretched and miserable, taking drugs. You know why? Because all of this stuff that they're learning, it says, uh, the wisdom of man is foolishness with God. The wisdom of man will go to the grave and then it'll drop. They'll start forgetting what you said. Matter of fact, they'll take what you said and, and pleasurize and take it as their own. You, you go, when you go into the grave, you leave everything on this earth behind you. And you have to do that because you have to be able to grasp what you're going into. As you're with the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. Um, and so he says, when the Lord anoints me, and it's a genuine joy will be felt and even displayed. This word anoint, when the Lord anoints you, is, is, is one of approval, of uh, authority, of recognition. You are anointed. The boy, that, that song, you, you, you seem like you are anointed. It seemed like God just gave you extra grace in doing just that. He anoints my head with oil. Notice it didn't say anybody said God did it from the spiritual realm to the physical realm. When the Lord is your shepherd. I didn't say should be, might be, could be. Karen and I, when we look at these uh, commercials and everything, I say, listen to what they say. You take all of this medicine, it might, you know, it could, uh, it should, but they never commit themselves because they know they'll be sued. So they never make an, a commitment, but when the Lord steps in, he's totally committed to you. And so you can say the Lord is my shepherd and it's going to be that way. And there'll be times when I'll be down, but I won't be, I mean, knocked down, but not knocked out. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them by what? Out of them all. Because the Lord is my shepherd. Wherever you are right now, what you're going through, God says, I know. And sometimes you get frustrated. Sometimes you get angry that those are human emotions. <laughs> a matter of fact, you won't sin if you get, you get angry. Matter of fact, uh, Ephesians talk about the fact that um, uh, be ye angry, but sin not, let not the sun. Uh, fall down the wrath. 
Oh, oh you, you can be angry. Uh, so, so here we find that when the Lord is your, your shepherd, he'll put you in front of, on at the table. Notice, notice what it takes. See, usually a table is when you are gathered and fellowshipping with other folks. You think that you wanted, if you set your table and you wanted your guests, you wanted all the folks that like you. Did you see what God did? He put me not at a table where everybody liked me and loved me and say all manner of things, uh, you know, about me in a good manner. He set me at the table of some of the folks who get on my last nerve. He said, and guess what? The, the, the folks didn't do it. says he prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He, you know, something else. He said, I didn't prepare it. God did it. That's the shepherd's job. Remember? The shepherd leads, I follow. He says, God did it. And so we want to keep that in mind. And, and God in his preparation as he work in and through our lives. You've been patient so far. First John 2.20. But you have been anointed by the Holy One. And you are all, and you all have, uh oh, there's that word again, what? Knowledge. You can't have knowledge without being anointed. You will not be anointed if you're not in God's family. You want to go a little bit further in life? You want to make sure that life is, uh, is one that you never have to worry about? Then keep your eyes off of life and get your eyes on the Lord. Keep it on the Lord. First uh, John 2, 27. But the anointing that you receive from abides in you, and you do, do not need anyone to teach you. But as this anointing teaches you about everything and is accurate and is no lie, just as it is, has taught you, abide in him. The purpose of the anointing, or the effect of the anointing is that you abide in me. Remember what Jesus Christ said? Abide in me and I in you because apart from you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. I am the vine, vine, you are the branches, you know. And he talks about the fact that when the, that the, the vine produced uh, the branches, the branches produce fruits. It says, abide in me. I think that's so important. Um, number four, his plan. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. His favor, goodness, and mercy. His fixed course of, uh, of action following David. His future expectation, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He got you covered. Goodness and mercy is, it didn't say I'm running after goodness, goodness and mercy. I'm not praying God for goodness and mercy. It says his goodness and mercy because I know him, because I follow him. I follow him. Guess what? Goodness and mercy follows me. And I'm glad that goodness and mercy follows me, that at times when I fall down, God is good anyhow. When things go wrong, God is good anyhow. 
When it seems like no one else trusts me, his mercy, his grace is always there. And I'm learning that the same grace and mercy that he extends to me, I should be able to extend to others. It's called transferable concepts. The more I know God, I'll start doing things that God would do. When we look at individuals and they are, uh, you could say, you see an individual, he's, he's drunk and he's cursing and everything else. And you say, he's a sinner. And you say, oh, by the grace of God, so are you. He's a sinner. Yeah, but you see, he's also a pre-Christian. Won't you find out? Go ahead and witness to the individual. Share with the person. And then let God have his way in their life. What a person, what you see a person is right now does not mean that they'll be that way forever until they die in their sins. So we have the opportunity to share our testimony, like David is sharing his testimony. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. No. And when you say that and you make it personal, and then people not only listen to you, guess what? They will watch you. And they'll listen to the words you say. And God does not give words that wound. He always gives to encourage. Now, there, that's for those. Now, those who in, in line for a whipping, you're going you're gonna to get a whipping. He promised that, okay? But other than that, he's there to encourage you and keep you going, okay? So that favor, a fixed course of action, a future expectation. It says, David says, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell. See the hope, the blessed hope. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know what goes through your mind when you say house of the Lord forever. Are you thinking about just one particular building? <laughs> really? <laughs> Let's expand the thought when you say dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord says, I prepare, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And, and, and for that, I had to stop and think for a moment. I said, wait a minute. Here is the God of this world that can speak things into existence. Yet the Lord says, I go to prepare a place for you. And whatever, whatever God does is perfect. And he says, because you belong to me, you're my sheep. I, I got something for you. And it's not just a little house either. Because I dwell and have created the universe. Oh, there's a gathering place. But the whole dynamics of your life will change. Because you came to the point of saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Please don't quote that verse uh, flippantly. This is a man that's sharing his testimony out of knowledge and the knowledge of transferable concepts that will go to each one of you if you listen to a man who walked with God. If you didn't know David, you would question everything he's saying. But God laid out his whole life, his failures, everything. But the bottom line, David was so into God that when he messed up on God, 
He didn't mention Uriah's, Uriah's wife, nor Uriah. He said in that personal relationship, because he knew God said, Lord, it was against thee and thee alone have I sinned. Wash me. See, cleanse me. It's so important. One last thing. Is the Lord your shepherd? If not, why not? I didn't say is the Lord a shepherd. I didn't say is the Lord the shepherd. I said is the Lord your shepherd. Have you personalized it? You are responsible for getting to know, obey, and follow God's plan. It will be life's character builders, mountaintops and valleys. Never forget to who, who you are. Your life story should be pre prefaced with, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not wait. What's your story? When couples get together, when they uh, come forward as marriage and everything else, each one comes with different stories. One thing you want to make sure that, that both of the couples have one story that coincides. The Lord is my shepherd. So that as collectively, you can say the Lord is our shepherd. You'll be surprised the things you'll never experience when God has his way as the shepherd in your life. No, you've been so patient. I want to pray for you. Let's bow. Father God, how we thank you in our, for our time together. Thank you for your word and what it has to say to us. You indeed are uh, our shepherd. We will not warn for anything because of who you are. Forgive us, Lord, when we are limited in our theology and really getting to know you. But when we are limited in our theology and our thoughts and in your word that explains who you are, when we're limited there, then we struggle every day on things we should have known a long time ago. Lord, you are our shepherd. And today I pray for the CBF family that we are arriving or have arrived or make it their business to have that personal statement in their lives and core values that are connected to it. And there are those, Lord, who are sheep of a different fold. They have a sat satanic father. You created them, Lord, because of sin, it uh, has separated them. And unless they recognize that Jesus Christ died for their sins on the cross of Calvary, that Jesus Christ, God, had to come down and deliver them by the way of the grave, the cross and the grave, the shedding of blood. Until they say, Lord, I recognize I'm a sinner and, and I ask that you save me, make me yours. They'll still be outside of the fold. It's my prayer that those who do not know you, Lord, come to the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we who do know you, whatever God we've been laxed in, help us to brush ourselves off. Stand back up and get going. We still have a race to run. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.